Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 51 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week, it's time to take a look at some of my favourite queen rearing techniques and one that I've particularly struggled with. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Well, another week and another podcast. It seems strange to think that it's been a full year since I started my very first podcast. Next week, we'll see Podcast 52, and with the exception of a couple of weeks' break over Christmas, I've managed to stick to my commitment of delivering to you a weekly podcast about beekeeping each and every week. I'm delighted to have reached this milestone, but I couldn't have done it without the support from those of you who regularly take time out of your busy schedules to drop me an occasional message of support. So thank you very much for that. And please do keep the questions coming in to me. If there's anyone out there listening who would like to support me further, do take a look at my Patreon page where you can gain access to more content. And as we're heading towards the start of the new season, there's never been a better time to get on board. And through the active season, once again, I'll be producing at least three videos per week, with only one of those being available on YouTube. The rest will only be available to my patrons on my Patreon page. And as usual, I'll post a link in the notes to accompany this podcast. So queen rearing. It might seem a little early to be talking about queen rearing. It's only the beginning of February, but the season will soon be upon us. And if you haven't planned what you're going to do, you could find yourself missing the boat and playing catch-up instead of enjoying a full season of queen rearing. And I know because I've done that several times myself. I'm amazed that I still manage to mess it up occasionally. I thought I'd just talk through some of the queen rearing techniques I've used over the recent times and give you some thoughts on which techniques might best suit you and your beekeeping. I'll try to go through them in terms of the quantity of queen cells that you want for your season, starting with the back garden beekeeping approach with maybe just a couple of colonies and work through the methods that I've used that have the ability to produce from one to several hundred queen cells. For anyone out there with just one beehive looking to replace your queen or maybe double up to two colonies this season there are several options for you and I've used them all pretty much in some form or another throughout my beekeeping career. However, the two simplest methods of raising new queens from one colony have to be removing either queen cells or the old queen. And I'll explain these methods in a second. And there's also creating an artificial swarm, which is basically the same kind of thing. It's a simple process that works pretty much every time. So let's look at a colony that's thrown up some queen cells in order to swarm. If this is your only colony, it really doesn't matter how many swarm cells you have. There isn't another option to you, so use what you have. Ideally, for me, I'd prefer to use swarm cells from a colony if there are only a few cells that have been thrown up. Maybe less than a dozen. Fewer than eight would be fantastic, but... I'm fortunate that I can select from quite a large pool of colonies and currently my record number of queen cells thrown up by any one colony is 57. Well actually it was 58 because I missed the 58th queen cell and they swarmed on it. But anyway your colony has swarm cells let's say so what do you do with it? Well if you can only operate within the confines of your own back garden 
then creating an artificial swarm would be a great way to start. The principle used here is to split the old queen and the flying bees away from the rest of the brood. So you move the hive to a new position in your garden, set up a replacement hive in the original position, and place the old queen on a frame containing no swarm cells, so no queen cells, into that new hive. All of the flying bees will migrate to the old queen, and you're left with the house bees and queen cells in the original hive that's been moved to another part of your garden. Personally, I would then knock down all except one queen cell and leave them to it. I know that some people suggest that you leave two queen cells, but they're in a swarming mood, so you could well lose a swarm from them. So I would knock them down to just one queen cell. You can follow this up with various moves of the old hive, but in basic terms, that's it. And if anyone wants a printable diagram of how to use this method, drop me a message and I'll email it to you. If you have the option of what we call an out apiary, that's somewhere other than your back garden, you can take advantage of those swarm cells by simply splitting the colony into a few nukes and move those nukes away from your home site into your out apiary. The flying bees will reorientate themselves to their new location and each swarm cell in a nuke can produce a new queen. I've split hives down to make up six or seven nukes with queen cells in before and it works really well. Of course, you're not going to get a lot of honey from them unless you do this very early in the season and then you could get a small crop from each nuke in the late summer providing all goes well. So what if you have several colonies and you're thinking you want to increase or replace every colony with a new queen? Let's say you have a dozen colonies. There are several ways to produce more queen cells without splitting each hive using an artificial swarm method. Maybe you don't want that much of an increase or you simply don't have that much equipment yet. There are two well-known methods that I've used to good effect and I've produced a couple of videos on YouTube showing each of the methods. All of the following methods require what is called a cell builder colony. So that's a colony that you've made hopelessly queenless by removing the queen and then knocking down any queen cells that the colony should produce. Maybe by putting that queen into a nuke box temporarily or moving her away so that you can use her in a nuke box to produce eggs because you want to breed from her. But more of that later. I'll talk some more about queen rearing as we actually get into the various methods during the active season. So I'll explain in more detail each of the steps that we take, and, and certainly more detail about the cell builder colonies and donor colonies, and what you need to do in order to maximise your queen rearing techniques. Anyway, the first of the next queen rearing setups is called the Miller method. It's a well-known method that works quite well in producing around 10 to 20 queen cells from one brood frame. The basic principle is that you take a brood frame that you have unwired foundation in that's being drawn by the bees. You take this frame out of the colony and cut a series of diagonal cuts into it forming a broadly wide W shape by removing the lower part of the comb that you've cut out. The principle here is that the exposed edge provides a larger area of cells for the workers to produce queen cells on. If you carefully work your way along the cut edge and crush down every couple of cells leaving just one cell with either an egg or very young larvae in it, the bees in the cell builder colony will produce queen cells that hang down nicely from those exposed cut lines. And this makes it easy to cut the sealed queen cells out 
rather than having them joined together side by side. And when you cut those out, invariably you have to destroy one or the other. The next method is quite similar to the Miller method and it's called the Alley method. The basic principles are the same, but with the Alley method, you cut a horizontal strip of cells out from the brood comb. About three cells wide is normal, and then you fix that strip of comb to wooden bars that you can fit into an empty frame that you've previously prepared. The cells are positioned so that the open cells face downwards, and again by crushing every couple of cells so you only have one cell and then a gap, you can produce nice plump queen cells that are easy to cut out and use. I really like this method and I've used it successfully really well last season. Check out the video on my YouTube channel to see how well it worked. I think we got nearly 20 queen cells from just one session. Again, the prepared frame goes into a queenless cell builder colony for the workers to get stuck into. So those two methods work really well for smaller production numbers where maybe you just want between one and 10 or 20 queen cells. But what if you wanted to produce more? Well, the next two methods can be used to produce just one or actually many hundreds of queen cells. Both systems are very similar in method and use a plastic cell box to trap the queen and force her to lay into plastic cell cups. The Nico method and the Genta method have both worked really well for me over the years. I used the Genta system quite a number of years ago and then switched to the Nico system last year with really good results. In case you were wondering, I switched because I was given the system to try out by Bee Equipment, the UK-based online beekeeping equipment supplier. And I'll post a link to some of their products that I use in the show notes. Both of these systems work by using cell-sized plastic plugs that the queen lays eggs in and these are then removed to be placed into cell cup holders that fit onto a frame set up specifically to hold the cell cups. Once you get to this step, it's the same as the Miller method and the Alley method. The frame containing the cell cups goes into the cell builder colony to produce queen cells. Turnover of these queen cells using these methods can be really high, as each cell block holds over 100 cell cups, and if you're lucky enough to have viable larvae in every one, you'd be racking up many hundreds of queen cells throughout the season. The main issue with these two methods is you need a lot of ancillary equipment to manage the queen cells once they're sealed. Queen mating nukes, or three to five frame standard nukes with bees in, is actually a lot of resources, so do be warned. We can all produce lots of queen cells, but have you got the kit and the bees ready to take them once you take them out of the cell builder colony and need somewhere to put them? Finally, I talked earlier about the method that I failed at miserably. Well, last season I really did fail miserably at this particular method, and it was the cell punch method. And I think this was all down to my own fault and nothing to do with the method. It was the first time I'd ever used the method, and the equipment was brand new, courtesy of BBWare, the very nice people who produce the bee suits that I've been wearing. So the cell punch method involves using small brass tubes to cut out a single cell which is held within the brass tube and then it's clipped into a custom mount within a frame which then goes into the cell builder colony to be drawn out into queen cells just like all the other methods. The kit, unless you're an engineer, is really best bought directly from BBWare. I could never make it up. Anyway, the reason it all went horribly wrong for me was that I think 
Initially, I didn't wash the new kit, so I suspect it was probably covered in a film of oil. And being brand new, the bees just didn't take to it. I tried a second time last season, only to be foiled by placing the frame of young larvae into a cell builder colony that wasn't queenless. The workers had somehow managed to hide a queen cell, and she emerged, popped out, mated, returned, and I didn't spot her. So, as I say, entirely my own fault, and I should really try the method again this season. However, my main queen production method this year will be the Nico method. I really do like it a lot. Last year it gave me lots of viable young larvae in cell cups that I can see and use. We have an expansion plan for this year, so I'll be needing quite a number of new queens. And of course I'll be replacing some of those rather grumpy queens that you may have seen in some of my videos. There are of course other ways of producing queen cells and all have their place in beekeeping. And if you happen to use a method I've not discussed, then please do let me know and maybe I'll give that a go. But whatever method of queen rearing you decide to use, the planning and preparation is everything. If you get that right, I'm sure you'll do very nicely indeed. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast. I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Yeah.